VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Bring us in, babe. Welcome to Coco Caliente. Welcome to another edition of Coco Caliente. We are so happy you are listening and you are here. You never say that. That's weird. wasn't weird. (laughs) I put in my first uh, clothesline today. You did. It's on my story for proof. Yeah, I've never done that before, you know. I mean, I could have figured it out myself, but I'm happy I had your dad there because he knows exactly what to do. Like, I've never done that ready mix concrete. I've never used any of that stuff. Yeah, you know, dad never... got like the, I don't know, someone that he works with, like made the steel poles and then dad painted them. And then today they dug the holes, put the cement in. Mm-hmm. With a with a post digger and everything, so it was cool. It was and it, it didn't wasn't seem even, too bad, right? No, it wasn't too bad at all. Uh, you could do it again, I'm minimal, sure. Minimal, yeah, minimal labor. I could definitely do it again. Um, yeah, it wasn't, and honestly, it wasn't bad at all. Uh, definitely, two people makes it ten times easier, though. Yeah, doing it by yourself, My trying dad. to level everything, mm-hmm. and you know, so he knows what he's doing. Yeah, so that worked out really well. Next, Nicole wants some shelves in the bathroom, and I want a fence. <laughs> I don't know about the fence. I really do want a fence. I know you want a fence, but I don't really think we need a fence right now, especially if we're going to be leaving here soon. But it's all right. That's something that we are trying to figure out right now. So, Well, yeah, I'm probably going to get a fence. We'll talk about it. Um. Anyways, I a funny story. If you guys watched my Instagram story, it's the other last Sunday – um, there is this pancake breakfast that takes place in Oh Ubley. my God, so pissed. And so, so pissed. okay, so it starts at nine. It's just a drive through. Like you get in line to just go pick up your pancake breakfast. And when like church was in session, which I think it's back in session, but when Victor and I, when we used to go, he would always say like, he would always say, um, like, make sure you go to the TVO hall for the pancake breakfast. And so we're like, okay, we need to support our town. Like, let's Mm -hmm. go to the pancake breakfast. And we're right here. And it's $5 for like pancakes, hash browns, two different types of sausage, eggs. And so it's like, it's worth it, right? Like, might as well go. Yeah. And it goes to like the, I don't know, the like the Lions Club or something. It goes towards something in the community. So anyways. And uh, and just sorry to preface this just a little uh, bit more. I had work at 
12. Mm-hmm. So I normally have to hop in the shower and get ready at 11. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, around nine o'clock ish, we'll get, we'll pick up the stuff and then we'll go to Nicole's parents' house or they'll we'll, come here. Yeah, we'll pick theirs up too. And then we'll eat either at our house or their house. That's the plan, right? With enough time for me to get ready because obviously it's around nine o'clock. It won't take that long. Yeah. And it's from nine to 12. So we, we didn't have to like wake up early or anything. So we get there at 9 20. We're like, okay, we're a little bit late, but um, we get there at 9 20. And the line is super long, but we're like, okay, we've gone to fish fry drive throughs like this, and they go really quick. Like, when we say super long, we mean like we're like 50 cars back or yeah. more, 50 or more cars back. And so I've been in like worse for a fish fry on a Friday in this area. And man, but that line's just moving. So you feel like you're getting somewhere. Well, we sit there for like 20 minutes and we move like two cars. And I look at Victor, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel like they might be out of food and flipping pancake per pancake as someone's driving up to get their meal. Like like making it to order. And then the only time we're like moving forward, it's been like 40 minutes now as if people are in line and they're like leaving because they've had enough. Well, finally we get to like um, a different road. So we're like closer. Yeah. And a guy comes to the window and was like, Hey, just want to let you know, like, we're out of sausage, which is fine for me because I don't eat sausage. (laughs) But he's like, but we have everything else. Like, it's fine. We have everything else. We appreciate you doing this for the community. And so me and Vic are like, okay, it's like freaking 10, 15 at this point. We've been in line for like an hour. And so then then Victor looks at his watch. He's like, man... I really, like, I'm going to be cutting it close. So then my dad came to pick him up while we were in line to take him back home so he could get ready. And I could, like, see the finish line at this point. I yeah. think there was only, like, 10 cars in front of me, if that. So I'm I'm finally going, getting up there. There's two cars in front of me. And then there's one car in front of me. And he comes, and I think he's, like, about to sell me the tickets to, you know, the four tickets to get my breakfast. And then he hands me one ticket. He goes, we ran out of everything. Um, Here's one ticket for next time. I'm like. And it's supposed to go until 12. Yeah, and it was 11. So we waited there for an hour and 40 minutes. No, it wasn't even 11 yet. It was was like uh, 1040. It was like 1040, 1045, no. something like that. I don't, no, no, I, I specifically remember it was 11 because I was like, I waited in line for for an hour and 40 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, I was okay, tracking okay. it on my uh, story. Mm-hmm. So it was 11, but I mean, they knew they were going to run out way before why they freaking didn't tell us and let us all sit in line. And there was like, I'm not joking you, 100 cars behind me. It was so bad. Um, a little town, a village of Ubley, I guess they prepared to make 200 meals and they said they like sold that immediately there's only 800 people in our village but at the same time like we're all trying to support you so at least feed half of us <laughs> yeah that that that, that, that should have never happened honestly because they lost out on a lot of um well, was, and we're not going back i i, I won't well, go back it's, it's just like the concept of it is like we oh i don't know we just like had great expectations and just thought like oh this is gonna be awesome um and yeah that's what happened no that's just i mean yeah that would that was festering inside for a little bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) we were just mad about it but i don't know i don't know I I guess stuff like that happens to everybody but I mean it is what it is. Yeah, no, and it, it things could have been a lot lot worse. Um 
And I know that it's like, I think when I put that on my story, people were like, oh my gosh, you're that hungry. Didn't you win half a million dollars? That wasn't the point of it. The point of it is like we gave up our whole morning to sit in a car and we got nothing. And I was already, I get hangry and I get emotional and I'm pregnant. And so, yeah, I was just like very disappointed when I thought I was getting a pancake breakfast. (laughs) Um, That's all there is to it. It's not like, don't overthink it. Like, obviously, um, that's like when I think one person said something to me, but it was just like, really? Anyways, on a side note, the guest we have today, uh, super, super interesting. She's a neuroscientist and she's also the creator. uh, I don't know if you guys heard of it. It's called Muse. It's a brain sensing meditation headband. Her name is Ariel Garten. I think I'm saying that right. Maybe she'll correct me here shortly. But uh, yeah, we hope you guys enjoy. All right. So, okay, wait, Vic, you take it away. I get nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Pronounce your name properly for me. Is it Ariel Ariel. or Ariel? So it's not Ariel. I was thinking like uh, under the sea. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Under the seat. That's a where it's went to take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're so you're a neuroscientist, right? One of many things, right? But you're that's that's like your 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 thing. That's how you got into everything, right? You're a neuroscientist and you learn about the brain, right? Yeah, I was trained as a neuroscientist. I uh practiced as a psychotherapist for almost a decade and along the way created this amazing company that helps you understand what goes on in your mind while you meditate. So how does one go about becoming a neuroscientist, (laughs) right? So did you, you know, when you were going to school, were you looking through a catalog and you're like, you know what? A neuroscientist is the thing for me. (laughs) So I have always had a lot of interests. And when I was growing up, I actually thought I was going to be a fashion designer. And I actually even had my own line of clothing. I sold it to stores. Um, I was really into fashion and, and creating things that allowed you to express yourself. And simultaneously, I was very into science and understanding how the world worked. And as I got older, I really got into understanding how the individual worked. You know, how is it that we are able to perceive ourselves and our actions? Why do we see things the way that we are, or that they are? Why does that chair look red? I'm looking at a red chair right now. Why do I see it as red? Mm-hmm. And so I went to school for neuroscience and uh, then started working in research labs. So I've worked in labs with uh, Parkinson's disease, hippocampal neurogenesis, and then I started to collaborate with a man called Dr. Steve Mann. He was a professor at the University of Toronto, and he created, uh, he actually had a brain-computer interface system, Hmm. so an EEG electrode that you could slip uh, onto the back of your head, and it would be able to track your brainwave activity. And we started to take that and figure out that we could actually make sounds from people's brain waves. So the brain waves are the waves that come off your head. And we could actually hear, not in any real way, but we could hear when you were focused and when you were relaxed. So we could actually associate different sounds to these states. And from that, we started to evolve it into the tool that became Muse um, because we recognized that as people meditated, there's... Like they really didn't know what was going on in their head. And you yeah. could actually know when you were focused in your meditation and when your mind is wondering. And we can't like, we don't know anything else. We can't see what you're thinking. We have no other information, just this very, very basic focused versus not focused. Uh-huh. But that information was enough to actually give people real-time feedback while they meditated 
to help them do this really hard thing to know when they were doing it right, when they're focused and when they're doing it wrong, when their mind was wandering. So, and, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but explain to our listeners what Muse is because Nicole was doing it today. Yes. Uh, but uh, better than me try to explain it, maybe you could probably give a better explanation. Mm-hmm. Sure. So Muse is a brain sensing headband that helps you meditate and sleep. And it sounds crazy, but it's actually very simple. So in the same way that you have a Fitbit on your wrist that tracks your steps or your heartbeat, Mm -hmm. um, it uses a thin little band that sits on your forehead, just like a yoga band. And it has sensors in it that track your brain activity during meditation. And we translate the activity of your brain into sound so that you can hear when you're focused, when you're meditating, and when you're not, when your mind is wandering. And the sounds that we use are sounds of the weather. It's a really, really easy to understand that when your mind is wondering, you hear it as stormy. And when you're in focused attention, you hear the storm quiet down. So using Muse, you actually hear what's going on in your mind during your meditation practice. You hear when you're focused because it's nice and quiet and birds chirp. And then you hear when your mind is distracted because it sounds stormy. And that actually teaches you how to meditate. Or if you have an existing practice, it helps you get even better and more focused and more honed at it. It's really great because I, so Victor would, you know, tell me you need to meditate. And for me, I would buy all these like books and beginner of meditation. How do you do this? How do I know I'm doing it right? And this is the first thing that's given me any feedback because I can sit there for (laughs) 20 minutes and think I'm meditating, but then I'll realize I'm thinking about all the things I have to do and dinner and my dogs. Thinking about everything but meditation. Everything but, and then I'm just like opening my eyes, looking at Victor, okay, is this almost over? Whereas when I did the Muse headband today, it was like, I need to hear the birds chirp. (laughs) And so, so like for the listeners, when the birds chirp, that means you're like very calm. And I only heard it, I think like three or four times, but I would get so excited. When I heard the birds chirp, that I would like go right to a storm because I'd be like, "Yes, <laughs> I'm so calm." But it was like awesome to have feedback because I actually feel like, okay, I kind of do know how to meditate. Like I am, I am doing it because the storm is calm, and um, it just made me feel good because I was like, "Okay, I-, I can totally do this," and I loved it. It's such a such a great great thing to. I think everyone should have it. <laughs> Awesome. So that's like literally exactly why we built it. So it mm-hmm. really teaches you what's going on. If somebody has a practice, you're like, oh, okay, I have been doing this right. Mm-hmm. Or it, you know, cues you when you're thinking about the grocery list. It yeah. cues you when your mind is wandering. It's like, come on, back to meditation. Mm-hmm. And then for somebody who's never meditated before, it just shows you what to do. And those little birds that you heard, mm-hmm. so that actually becomes another lesson of meditation. Because in meditation, we learn to focus our attention on our breath. That's like the basic practice. Mm-hmm. And throughout the practice over time, you learn something called equanimity, the ability to just be with what is. And so when your mind wanders, you hear the storm pick up and you have to learn to not get too engaged in the storm and just like, okay, it's stormy, it's fine, we'll let it pass. And that's how you're able to get back to focused attention and stay there. And then when you learn a bird is a reward, the bird means that you're doing it right, then you get super excited just like you did <laughs> yeah. the bird flies away. <laughs> so it also teaches you to just be calm and in that place and not get invested in your rewards, not get invested in your failures, and really learn this incredible quality of equanimity, just being okay and accepting what is. This episode is brought to you by Apostrophe. Prescription acne treatment really works, but it's hard to get. You have to take time off work to see a doctor and sit in line at the pharmacy for your medications until apostrophe. 
Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You'll get treated immediately and your medications are delivered to your home. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online questionnaire about your skin concerns and medical history. Then just snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will get back with you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. The best part is that Apostrophe offers topical and oral medications so you can treat your acne from the inside out and the outside in. My experience was really good. I love that it was a real dermatologist and the plan was tailored just to me. Um, My visit was quick and I didn't need to schedule an appointment. And when I got my stuff, I knew what the ingredients were with being pregnant and everything. And everything felt great on my skin and and absorbed nicely. Get $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash coco. And use our code coco. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash coco and click begin visit. Then use the code coco at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash coco and use the code coco to get your dermatology visit for $15 off. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring this podcast. I know meditation has a ton of benefits, but I think like, okay, so can you just name some of them? So then I will be more, um, I'll, I'll keep up with this meditation thing because I know it's so good for me and I need it. And I think our listeners would benefit from it, especially while we're all in this pandemic. Um, what are some benefits for meditation? There are so many. So there's currently over 8,000 published studies talking about the benefits of meditation. Wow. And they range, Yeah. They range from, you know, the obvious one of having less stress. Meditation Uh gives you less stress in your life um, to being able to have increased focus, do better on your test scores because it helps you improve your working memory. It helps you improve your relationships because you're less emotionally reactive. And it also helps you actually improve your body and your physiology. So there's lots of great research that shows that meditation helps to strengthen your brain. It thickens your prefrontal cortex. It helps with the areas of learning and memory. Um, It also can decrease the aging of your brain. There's one super Mm. cool study that shows that a long-term meditator, meaning five years or more, they have on average brains that look 7.5 years younger. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So meditation is super good for your mind, for your body, and for your ability to just ride with what comes to you every day. Mm -hmm. So most of us are used to like having something happen and then we react really quickly. You're like, oh no, this, you know, oh no, that thing and that thing. We're being like, you know, thrown from one storm into the next. And what meditation teaches us to do is to stay calm with what happens in our life, to be able to observe our own reactions in the world around us, and then to be able to make a better choice about how we want to act rather than just, you know, being dramatic and reactive all the time. So just laying there and focusing on your breath, that does all that. It's crazy that that simple activity can do all of those things. Yeah. Actually, yes. Wow. So, and now, okay, that that's the field that you work in. What would be the next thing, right? So that is a great tool and it's awesome, but technology is always adapting, right? So would you think we'll ever be at a point where I can put on a headband or put on a thing or take something that'll put me in a meditation state 
for, I don't know, if I want to be in a meditation state for 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Like force yourself to relax. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess not relax because there is a, a medi- correct me if I'm wrong, but there is like a meditation state of mind, right? It's not yep. just taking a volume or mm. something and just being, oh, you know, I'm relaxed now. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. So meditation is not just being relaxed. So you, you hit upon like a really important Mm -hmm. distinction. Meditation is not just simply being there relaxed. Meditation is actually a really active practice. It's kind of like going to the gym for your brain and you don't actually want to just take something and then be meditating because in meditation, what you're doing is you're learning to work with yourself in your mind. Mm. So let me break it down a little bit. So in that simple activity where you're focusing on your breath, it's the most basic meditation. It's called focused attention meditation. You focus your attention on your breath. Your mind wanders away from your breath and then you have a thought. And then it's your choice to either follow that thought into all the things that you think that you normally do or to say, hold on, that's not what I want to do right now. I want to let that thought go and bring my attention back to my breath. So in meditation, you're attending on your breath. You have a thought, you notice it, you choose not to follow it. You come back to your breath and you do that over and over again. So it's not just like, I want to be there with my mind totally blank and isn't that amazing. It's actually the process of learning to observe your own thinking Mm -hmm. and then a different choice and not get caught up in your thinking, but put your mind in something neutral. And then, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. So most of us, you know, we go through our day like on autopilot. We go through our day with all of these thoughts in our head just happening and we don't really realize that we can actually have a choice about whether we think the thoughts in our mind or not. And you know, so many of those thoughts are negative. They're repetitive. They're not particularly useful. They're stressful. They're like, oh no, I should have done that thing. That person doesn't like me. You know, that was annoying. And it goes round and round and round. When you do the meditation practice, what you're doing is you're having a thought coming up and saying, hey, I don't need to follow that thought. You know what? I can have a choice over the contents of my own mind. And so instead of following the thought, you choose to put your attention on something neutral. And in that moment, you have fundamentally shifted your relationship to your thinking. You're not like, you know, being jerked around every moment by your own thoughts. You're having a choice over it. And then once you recognize that, hey, I actually have a choice about what I think about. I have a choice about the contents of my own mind. You can then recognize that a lot of the stories that it's been telling you that float around in there, you don't have to buy into, you know, they, they may or may not even be true. Mm-hmm. And you can start to actually have greater choice over your own reactivity, how you see the world, and how you're able to stay calm because you don't need to keep engaging in those stressful stories. So it's really a skill that we learn. It's not just like a thing that happens to us or a state that we get into. It's a skill that we learn, the skill of observing our own mind and making different choices, having that level of conscious awareness and control. That's interesting. And so I guess the goal is the more you do it, the more, the longer you're able to stay in that state without a a thought creeping in or being able to deflect that thought better every time. Right. Exactly. The better you become at immediately noticing those intrusive little thoughts and saying, nope, don't need to go there. Focus my attention on my breath. Just stay on the breath. Huh. That's like for big for panic attacks. I used to have really bad panic attacks and I think it was just like I would make it worse. Once I had one, I was like, oh, my God, I don't want it to happen again. And I would just sit there and think about it until it happened again. And then it was this terrible, like, storm that would happen over and over again. Um, But now I feel like I can push those thoughts away and talk myself into 
okay, you're fine. Like you're doing this or you can feel this or just a lot of different mechanisms that I've had to learn like the really hard way, I think. Um, but if I had meditated, I probably could have just recognized those thoughts and threw them to the side instead of letting them boil for like an hour. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So totally, totally. So I'm sorry you had to go through that, but I'm so glad that you learned such critical skills mm-hmm. to be able to shift your mind and shift your body in difficult times. Yeah. So and I, th- I think anyone go who goes through that, I'm just like, wow. Cause it was so terrible for so long and you know, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but I'm just like, wow. Imagine like how strong I am now because I felt like I literally thought I was going to die every single day. So it's like, now I think it's my outlook on life is so much, I'm so much more grateful too, because I don't take one day for granted as far as feeling healthy. Yeah. That's amazing. And those are incredible insights that you've taken from your experience. And what you just demonstrated there is a concept called anti-fragility. So, um, you know, people talk a lot about resilience. You go into something, you're resilient, you bounce back. Mm -hmm. But there's a new concept now called anti-fragility, which is you go into a situation that's really, really hard. And rather than bouncing back and just being the normal you afterwards, you bounce back even stronger. And you bounce back into a better version of you because you've transformed through something that was really difficult. And so now you have greater insight, greater control over yourself and your greater understanding about your mind and body and even greater, you know, better perspective on life. And less fragile, anti-fragility. Yeah, a lot less fragile. (laughs) Ah. So, and you're obviously, you're, you're the scientist. So what, what is next then in that field that you're working on? Like what, what are you guys thinking progressively in the future to do or to be able to do with the mind? Sure. So with Muse itself, we started by giving real-time feedback on your brain, and then we have sensors for the heart, the breath, and the body, because meditation is more than just your brain. Mm -hmm. It's also learning to listen to your body, to bring in breathing exercises, to be able to calm yourself down. There's a whole suite of experiences of understanding your mind and body in meditation. Um, For us in the brain, the next place that we've gone is in sleep. So Muse S, our newest device, um, actually helps you fall asleep and then tracks your sleep like as effectively as a sleep lab. Mm-hmm. What we're hearing from a lot of people is that they were using their muse to meditate to fall asleep at night. So we built a device that uh, you can fall asleep with on and a series of meditations that guide you into sleep. And then we actually use your own biofeedback and neurofeedback. So you give you feedback from your mind and body that entrains your brain and body in such a way that it helps you fall asleep faster. Um, so that's amazing. Yeah. And wow. then, and then the next step there, um, there is we've started to apply meditation, um, and sleep into cognition. So I have a big study running currently using, uh, with people using these to meditate and to sleep. Um, and the outcomes will, if it works out well, demonstrate that they actually have improved cognitive function. So better reaction times, uh, memory retention, et cetera. Wow. And the, the, what's awesome about that <laughs> is that you guys are not only is, is that amazing, but you're making it accessible to everybody opposed to having to pay those thousands and thousands of dollars to go to a sleep lab and have somebody register all that stuff for you individually. You made it really accessible for everybody because bad sleep is a problem, right? That that's a big problem that we have right now, and not everybody has access to that, you know, that mm-hmm. level of detail in their sleeping patterns. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's amazing what you learn. So most people are like, oh, I can have a cup of coffee. It's totally fine. I can have coffee. It's like 7 p.m. And then they sleep for a night with Muse and you can actually see your level of deep sleep. So it's the only device that really lets you see your quantity of actual deep sleep. And you recognize that as soon as you stop having coffee, maybe you fall asleep the same both nights, but your level of deep sleep is not the same. Mm. You get a lot more deep sleep if you don't have coffee before you go to bed. So it really allows you to get insights that start to like tweak your own schedule in a way where you're like, oh, now that I know this about myself, why would I torture myself in that way? Right. Again? It right. seems like us humans always find a way to just do that to ourselves. We know, <laughs> we know bad food is not good for us, but we do it anyway because it tastes good. We know drinking is not the best, but we do it anyway. You know, and so the fundamental principle is that as humans, we crave fat and sugar because that keeps us going. And, you know, back in the ancient days when we didn't have pizza shops around the corner um, <laughs> yeah. and you had to hunt for your food, you were driven to find sources of fat and sugar mm. because those were essential fuels. Um, unfortunately, these days we have readily available fat and sugar, like so much of it. And so we're conditioned to want to eat fat and sugar but only in minute amounts. Um, but here we have, you know, this endless buffet of all of the things that you need, but you can get too much of it. So of course, mm-hmm. fat and sugar taste and salts taste delicious. Um, but our, you know, evolutionary machinery, our bodies haven't really caught up with the current situation in which everything is accessible to us. Yeah. You know, I do have an interesting question for you that's been bugging me. Um, what is your take on hypnosis to change behavior that's a good question do you do you believe in it do you think it's like voodoo science or i don't know it's a great question so um it's real i i actually have been receiving hypnotherapy lately you know i've been working on hypnotherapy i i know and i want you to continue but i've been telling nicole about this for a while and she's like, I don't think it's real. No, I no, I didn't say it. I didn't think it was real. I was kind of scared of it because we listen. Oh, oh so we she's listened like, to about it on Dak Shepard's podcast, and I was like so desperate with my panic attacks. I was like, I feel like I need this like celebrity hypnotized person to do it to me. But no, she was scared that somebody would put bad stuff like yeah. that. One person that has control of you in that moment would yeah. put these negative things in there. But right. continue, please. I'm so interested. <laughs> Yeah. So hypnotherapy is real. Um, you are, what's happening is that you're going into a state where you're quieting your conscious mind and you're like hyper attending to this person's voice. And so you go, you know, down, 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 you always have volitional control. So you always have full control over everything. You're always fully listening. You know, they're not putting you to sleep. You, if you hear something that you don't like, you will instantly be like, that's garbage. I don't want to go along with that. Mm. You know, there are people on stage, be being hypnotized by hypnotized by stage hypnotist do it is because it's also what they're supposed to do it's like okay i'm you know choosing to go along with this mm-hmm. because it's going to be entertaining for me and for everybody else um but you are in a state where you are very receptive to ideas that are good for you because your subconscious won't let you take in something that's not good for you um, and I actually, to be totally honest, I had the same fear when I was looking for a hypnotist. I'm like, nope, don't like that person. They look kind of creepy. Nope, like, <laughs> don't like, you should be protective of your subconscious. <laughs> Not a bad thing to be protective of. But there are tons of incredibly good hypnotists who are, you know, there and working for good, you know. I'm pretty sure most of them are. Like I can't yeah. think of ones really not. And 
what you're doing is you are allowing information in at a level where you're not necessarily critically rejecting it at every moment with your conscious mind. And so it can work at the level of belief to start to shift and change things. And I will do, um, so I've had these hypnosis sessions and they're great and I record them and then I listen to them over and over again. Um, and I also engage my conscious mind at times and like think about the material consciously and subconsciously. So you're working at every level to try to literally rewire your brain. You're rewiring a new set of associations with this information. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah. I always, yeah. Well, unfortunately we don't find ourselves in a place where we can meet somebody and I guess you can't really meet person to person anyway right now because of COVID, but that would be definitely something I would like to do for maybe some bad habits that I have, you know, and just try to, like you said, rewire my brain to think, I guess, better for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how to explain that, but yeah. I mean, and it could be something as simple as like changing uh, my eating lifestyle. What if I want to go plant-based or something, you know, just something like that, just better for myself and the environment. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think it's stuff like that. It's just crazy. That is interesting. The one good way to start it before, if if you don't have access to a hypnotist, um, one good way to start a habit change like that is to really look at your motivations for doing the bad thing and then look at your motivations for doing the good thing and say, you know, when I do this bad thing, what am I trying to satisfy? You know, when I'm smoking, am I doing it because I want a break, because it relaxes me, um, because I get to walk outside or talk to people? Like, why am I doing this thing? And then to see if you have another way to satisfy that underlying need. So when you start to really pull apart your motivations for your actions and really like mind them, that then becomes a really like fertile ground to start to shift and change them. You know, it's like, why do we reach for the bag of chips? Is it because we're bored? Is it because there's just not something else there that's readily available to eat? Mm -hmm. Well, the answer to that is simple. Like have carrot sticks in the fridge, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it it can make make the switch really simple. Are you doing it because it's emotional eating? Like maybe you need to give yourself a hug or like, you know, go get a hug from Nicole instead. Figure out what the motivation is. And that makes the habit change so much easier. Yeah, that's definitely, I feel like I eat a lot out of boredom or just like something, something to do, something to do. And I can just find something healthy and it literally, I can just sit there and snack as long as I keep eating it. That's just what I got to do. And while I'm watching my show, so, um, I need to buy some bags of carrots. That's for sure. (laughs) Heads of lettuce, bags of carrots, frozen berries. Oh my God. Frozen berries are like a lifesaver. They're the most delicious thing in the world. And you can eat a thousand of them and there's no calories. Yeah. It's an exaggeration. I think my, my friend told me about frozen grapes, which I haven't tried yet, but I was like, I need to try that. She's like, they're the best snack. So (laughs) I need to freeze some grapes too. Frozen grapes are great, but they're kind of a sugar bomb because grapes are super high sugar, but like frozen raspberries Mm -hmm. have so little sugar in them. And there's really only so many frozen raspberries you can eat because it's an intense flavor, but Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's just utterly delicious. I highly recommend. Utterly okay. delicious. What what show is Utterly that? Utterly delicious. What? Anne with an E. Is that Anne with that? an E. Yeah, she she says stuff like that. <laughs> Utterly delicious. I, lo- I loved that show. Um, I guess the last thing I'd like to touch on is just something that you talk about sometimes is optimism and its importance. Sure. Optimism is incredibly important. And when we look at 
the brains of people who are happy and the brains of people who are not happy, you can see some pretty distinctive patterns. And you can actually shift your brain. You can actually shift the wiring of your brain by bringing in practices like gratitude. And, you know, we hear about gratitude practices all the time and we can think like, oh my God, that's so cheesy. You know, what am I going to be like, you know, writing affirmations on my pillow? Um, (laughs) But a gratitude practice has a real neuroscientific basis inside of it. So when you take the time to stop and to look for things that are going well in your life, it instantly shifts your mood. It trains you to look at the positive because a lot of us are just going through the world looking at the negative mm-hmm. and it literally rewires your brain to allow you to continue to look for the positive and lift your mood. And there's some super simple ways to do a gratitude practice. You know, you can just uh, first thing in the morning and last thing at night say, what are the three things I'm grateful for? What are the three things that went well today? Who are three people I feel supported by? You know, just, just these very, very simple questions And as you start to bring that practice into your day, it might be that you choose to do it in the middle of the day, you set an alarm. It might be that every time you catch yourself in a negative thought, you just stop and say, what do I feel grateful for right now? You know, what's one thing that's going well? And that shifts your brain away from the negative and into the positive and will guaranteed give you a better day Mm -hmm. and overall a better outlook in life and likely improve your longevity there's lots of evidence that show that people who think positively live longer. What? Um, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a game changer. You 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 have so you're you're such a wealth of information. Mm-hmm. I pr- I, th- I feel like I just need to uh, call you in the morning every day and be like, <laughs> "What what should I do now today to make myself better?" <laughs> Start with a gratitude practice. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, uh, Ariel. Uh, I, I really, I really uh, appreciate you being on with us. Where, where can I, li- where can our listeners find you? Uh, website or where can they get news, social mm-hmm. media, like all that stuff. Sure. So you can uh, check out Muse and you know see a picture of it and see this thing that we've been talking about. It's going to help you meditate um, at choosemuse.com, C-H-O-O-S-E-M-U-S-E.com. Um, you can also, we have a whole bunch of free meditations if you download the Muse app. Um, we have uh, probably a resilience collection up right now. So we're, we're always giving free meditations. So that's the Muse app um, in the app store. And on social, you can find me on Instagram at Ariel's Musings, A-R-I-E-L-S underscore Musings, and uh, Muse at Choose Muse. Awesome. We loved having you on. Thank you so much. I can't wait to... Meditate tonight. (laughs) Yeah. And just like, I can't wait to share the headband. I'm totally going to... Listeners, I'm totally going to show you guys what this thing looks like and how I use it. I love it so much. And I'm just, I told Victor, I got done. I was like, I'm so excited about this. <laughs> I'm so ready to meditate now. Like, I love I, the birds. I honestly didn't think I'd hear a bird. So I'm like, yes. <laughs> I, and I have to get Victor one so he knows what I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> yes, thank you so much. And we appreciate you. And we hope to hear from you again. Absolutely. My joy and pleasure. Happy to be on anytime. All right. You have a good night. Thank you. You too. Bye. 
We really hope you guys enjoyed that one and uh, took something away from it. I know I learned a lot. So interesting. <laughs> so, Nicole, you have a weird normal for us. It's been a while. Weird. Or normal. <laughs> okay. Is it weird or normal when you're sleeping and you get the feeling that you have to go to the bathroom, like pee, mm-hmm. and then you just try your best to fall back asleep and avoid it? I, you know. Do you do that? I don't like, You'll get- so this is what happens. Cause this, this will happen to me. I'll get that urge and feeling, mm-hmm. but I'll just lay there for entirely too long. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I won't go back to sleep until I use the bathroom. Oh really? So like, I'll just lay there. Ooh, excuse me. I'll just lay there and like, I feel like five minutes passes. I'm still not so sleeping. You might, as 10 well, minutes, you might as well just, I might get, as well up just get up right away because I won't be able to go back to sleep. See, I can fall back asleep sometimes and sometimes I can't. So I always take that gamble of like, okay, let me try to go back to sleep. It's just not worth it. It's just hard. It gets pregnant. Okay. So being pregnant, I do pretty much have to get up because I pee my pants very, very often. And it's not like I pee my pants. It's like when I'm walking to the bathroom, it's like coming out. I can't hold it anymore. But it's also, if you have to explain though, because it's not like it's dripping all over the floor and it's like a bat. No, she just... Like spots her pants basically, and then she yeah, switches them. Yeah, because once I'm laying like horizontally, and when I once I I'm fine horizontal, and then once I stand up vertically, it pushes that pressure on your bladder. Out. Yeah. So when I'm so pregnancy is different, but like pre-pregnancy, oh man, I would go right back to bed. I can't. And then I would wake up like three hours later and be like, "Wow, that's impressive." Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's almost like for me. It's not. If, yeah. For me, if I, for example, you know, like if I shower too early in the day mm-hmm. and then we go somewhere and I come back and I'll try to lay down to go to bed, but then I'm like, I can't, I got to go rinse off. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, so that's me again. Like I know in my head, mm-hmm. I won't be able to sleep, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. Mm-hmm. And then my body's like, nope, 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 not happening. And I got to get it. So I might as well just get home and shower right away again. Right. But I don't know. My body's weird like that. No, I know what you mean. I guess there's a lot of different things. Like sometimes I'm like that with putting on lotion. Like I'll mm-hmm. just sit there and I'll scratch. And I'm like, okay, how long can I stand like being itchy? And then like two hours, I'll be miserable for two hours and I'll finally give in. But Isn't it weird how we're like that? You know what I think is the weirdest one? Huh? When you're tired mm-hmm. and your body's forcing you to go to sleep. But you're like, no, I'm just going to watch one more episode. Mm. You know what I mean? Or I'm just going to stay up just a little bit longer. Yeah. And, and I think I read somewhere once that we are the only species that fight sleep. That fight sleep. Mm-hmm. Every other species of animal, unless obviously there's some danger or something, mm-hmm. every other species of animal, when they're tired, they just, you know, they knock out and that's it. But we're, I don't know, I just, one more episode, eye squinting, you're just, you know, rubbing your eyes. Oh, I stay up. But then it feels like when you want to sleep, you can't. Yeah. (laughs) If I know that I have something to get up for, I can't sleep. And so that was like really bad when luckily now my job lets me sleep in Mm -hmm. or lets me like wake up on my own accord. Schedule, yeah. Yeah. But before when say I knew I had to be like at the hospital at 6 a.m. for my shift, I would not fall. I would not sleep. And I'd have a 12-hour shift and I'd have three back-to-back or maybe four And I would just be miserable. And Mm -hmm. so, and then I would get heart palpitations because I'd have to drink coffee. And then the doctor there would check my blood pressure and it would be like, I mean, when I was a nurse, my blood pressure was probably like, I mean, it was like 160s to 180s. It was really, really bad. They were like concerned about me. 
um, it just wasn't healthy. And so now that I, I think that this is what I thrive in this environment where I'm able to go to bed and binge that one more episode and then sleep in and then get all my crap done. I still get my stuff done. It's just mm-hmm. like different hours of the day. And one of my best friends, Jacqueline, she used to like stay up till four and that was so normal for her, so but she's crazy. like, she's like the, she gets so, she's so successful. She's so smart. She gets everything done. Like it's not at all. She's just like, um, it's just crazy that she'll be up casually till four in the morning and that's just her schedule. So I guess you figure out what works best for you yeah. and me waking up at a certain time, stress my mind out so much. Yeah. But you do fine. Like, you know, you know, you got to get up at like, say five or something. You're, you're like, okay, I'm going to bed at 10. You're good. You knock out. Yeah. And I, I know my extreme, I mean, everybody has this. They know their mm-hmm. latest time. And mm-hmm. uh, the trouble you run into is when you know your latest time and you push past even like 10 minutes, half an hour, because that makes that entire difference in the morning when you wake up. Like I have to wake up a lot of times at 530 in the morning or mm-hmm. 545. It was 5.30, I pushed to 5.45 and it still worked, but I think 5.30 is that sweet spot. And to wake up at 5.30, I'm like, well, maybe if I go to sleep by 11, that's 11 to 12. And then so that's six and a half hours of sleep, you know, Mm -hmm. that's perfect. I can do that, you know, but as soon as I push it to 11.30, 12 o'clock, waking up is like, oh, 10 more minutes. What is it about me that, so I used to pop up for high school by 6 a.m. Like it was fine. I, I showered every morning. I took like an hour to get ready and I would just like chill for a while and I was fine. Like, like ready early. Like you'd be ready and done yeah. and like you still have time. Yeah. Well, I would just get up at six, you mm-hmm. know, and, and then, so then now I feel like today I had a massage and I had to be there at nine thirty, and, and I'm like, holy getting crap. Getting Nicole so, to wake up early for anything nowadays is so, like, oh, it's ridiculous. So anyways, <laughs> I wake up and I set my alarm for eight and then... What is it that like I was up, but I still, I was up at 730 because I knew my freaking alarm was going to go off. But then I set my alarm for 815 and then I 830 and I didn't sleep. I just wanted to lay there and keep pushing back my alarm. Oh, you guys have no idea. When and then we- I love, I love to scramble last minute. I love to like be like, oh, I'm going to be like. <laughs> when Nicole and I used to fly, even, even, yeah, if we ever have to fly, just, it doesn't matter. Whenever we have to fly. I'm the one setting up the times that we have to get up. We have to go early flight. All right, we got to be up at 5 a.m. or whatever. I hate early flights. We live three hours from the airport, Nicole, so it's just stupid. Nicole is like, I make. I have to make sure everything's ready to go mm-hmm. because Nicole's not going to do anything in the morning. As in, she's not no makeup, no nothing. She's going in sweatpants and a hoodie or jeans and a hoodie. That's it. Pillow in the car with a blanket because she's going to sleep on the ride. And so getting her to wake up even early at that time, like at 5 a.m. is like, don't, don't even look at me. Don't talk to me. I feel nauseous when I wake <laughs> up like that, though. It's just my body isn't, isn't okay with it. Like I instantly feel sick. My stomach hurts. Everything. I get car sick, too. Tell the food what, is repulsive. And when miserable I, mornings. When I travel, though, okay, when I travel... I get sick, like motion sickness, all freaking day. So it's just like it's miserable. The only time, the only time she perks up and gets happy is when we're already checked in in the airport and going to buy food. 
Yes. <laughs> True statement. She's like, ooh, I can get this bagel with this. Do you think they have this? And what is it about airport food? Like, I don't care if it's $10 for a bagel and cream cheese. I'm like, I want it. Nicole, I, yeah, she's something. I she'll get a, like it. a fucking, ooh, she'll get a freaking uh, like a eight nine dollar parfait i always get those. and i'm like you never finish this freaking parfait and you always get the parfait and you eat like you take like I three bites of it and then you're like mm, i'm done oh, no. <laughs> do you want it no i don't want your parfait that's why i didn't order it because i didn't want one holy crap uh, all about the human brain and how it works is very interesting we are weird we are weird human beings. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. The easiest way is on that little purple app on your phone. Or you can just go to Apple Podcasts. Uh, please don't forget to – oh, and you can always go to www.cococalientepodcast.com. And you can listen there and check out our merchandise. Um, don't forget to follow us at Coco Caliente Podcast on Instagram. Instagram. And at Coco Caliente Pod on Twitter. Thanks, guys. Thank you. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on on your podcast app.